Welcome to Path to Alignment with Hunger Yogi. My name is Natalie, your host. I'm a trauma-informed life alignment and mindset coach, yoga instructor, and entrepreneur, and I am here to help you create more alignment in your life. Set up a free 30-minute alignment call with me to learn how to overcome trauma and unlock your fullest potential. And without further ado, let's get aligned. In today's episode, we talk all about heartbreak. Today, I have as a guest my dear friend and Elementum Coaching Institute colleague, Claire Olson. Claire is a breakup coach and an Elementum master coach. She focuses her work and her research on heartbreak to assist others and coach others in finding confidence, healing, and clarity after a breakup. Claire helps others understand the effects of heartbreak on a mind, body, and soul level, as well as ways to cope with a broken heart. In this episode, we dive into the depths of heartbreak on many different levels, from grieving heartbreak to knowing when a relationship is over and finding the courage to let go of the relationship. We also talk about cheating, insecurities, withdrawals that occur after heartbreak, and the effects of breakups on our brain, as well as so much more. This was truly such a juicy conversation with so much depth, so many levels. Yes, the focus was on heartbreak and on so many other things related to overall life and the way that heartbreak and breakups happen not only on a romantic level but on many different aspects of our lives from breakups with family members with friends heartbreak from losing a job and all the different ways that heartbreak truly shows up in our lives i really hope that you enjoy this episode claire is so amazing to speak to she's just such an angel such a light and i truly believe that you will gain so much from this whether you're experiencing a heartbreak in this moment or have experienced a heartbreak of any sort in your life so let's welcome claire onto the show first of all thank you for the opportunity for having me it's just lovely to have any excuse to see your face, but to be in this realm where we are in our area, our zones of genius and experience and embodiment, right? That is so powerful. Yeah. Um, but the reason this is so impactful is I think all of us deal with heartbreak at some point. So it is truly one of those universal threads that connects us all. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think that a big part of why we are here is to find or to to have that connection with someone else and that's why we're we're always looking it's always like we're always searching for our person our person and then when you find them it's like okay life is accomplished i feel like that's something that i've noticed is a pattern in life is having like the pair having a pair or or more for some people but that pair of humans that you can create life together and end your life together if, if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's so beautiful. And, and I think that's, that really attests to kind of my view of what soulmates are in mm. that, you know, here is, here is this other person that you see something of you and them, but there's also something different. Yeah. And to me, it's that person who really is able to expand you beyond the limitations right. of your own identity and grow. Right. Kind of like they, they fill in the, the, parts of you that you may not know yet and vice versa it's like you're a little puzzle piece that's just filling in some gaps yeah it's like oh there's that part of me that I never knew I was missing and now I get to bring that back home and integrate it and become more whole yeah oh I love that Mm. I guess we're getting right into it oh yeah ask you a question that I ask everyone at the beginning of the podcast and it's what does alignment mean to you Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, let me feel into that baby. That's a good that's a good question. And you know, I think that it is our true north when we peel away the layers of conditioning of society, of culture, of language even and we get down to that energetic truth of who we are. Um, we're on this constant search, right? Of that deeper, fuller, expansive expression of self and alignment is, is to me, the, the peeling away of layers to uncover, uncover that truest expression. Mm. Ooh, that was a cool, cool definition of alignment. Mm, thanks. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, I just realized I got so excited to see you that I forgot to even have you explain who you are to us. Oh yeah. Well, I can do that too, but <laughs> Claire, please introduce yourself to everyone. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. I am Claire Olson. I am a breakup coach and studied alongside of Natalie in the beautiful Elementum program. Mm-hmm. And that was what brought us together, you and me together. And yeah. um really was an integral part of my own growth journey as well. Mm. I love it. How did you get into this journey of breakup coach? So that's where my personal growth kind of um, began in a big way. I would say that's that's the experience that really cracked me open, that mm-hmm. brought me to my knees. I think a lot of us come to this realm because we finally reach that tipping point in light where, they're like, where mm-hmm. we're like, this is too much for me to do on my own, or I don't have the tools and I need to, I need to seek outside of myself for support. Right. And, and for me, that was the cycle that I was going through of toxic relationships, Mm -hmm. um, kind of jumping from relationship to relationship and not truly knowing what the underlying unmet needs were that were driving this behavior that felt like literal survival mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that created such, such pain in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, this makes me think of something our coach Christine Hassler says that our sufferings lead to our passions. Absolutely. That what Absolutely. cracked you open, the breakups, the heartbreaks, all of these things that were too much to handle are what pushed you into this journey of helping others and of discovering yourself and those deep, dark parts of you, those shadows that we're so afraid to look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's the medicine we bring, right? If we're brave enough to walk through that darkness and that shadow, those learnings that we, that we 
accumulate and embody become kind of like a a cheat code Mm -hmm. that we can give to the rest of the world if we truly do our work and truly um, face those Mm -hmm. harder truths. Yeah. 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 Uh, So the topic today is a lot about breakups and of course, a lot of whatever else emerges throughout the conversations, Mm -hmm. but would love to just get some of your insight on, on breakups. Why, why do we, gosh, there's so many questions. There's like a thousand things (laughs) in my mind. I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) where do I even start? Breakups. Why do we become so impacted by breakups? Why is it such a deep, painful experience that literally feels like your heart is shattering open? Yeah. I've been doing some research into this on the neuroscience level because mm. I've been trying to explore that. And, and I think that was one question that led me to get into this industry to begin with is like, why does this hurt so much? Mm. Why is this so much harder? You know, I can start my own business. I can travel to another country. I can birth a child, but when it comes to breakup, it just brings me to my knees. And mm. the the best answer that I've found is that breaking up with someone is truly a grieving Mm -hmm. of their loss, right? Because we had um, this, this future planned out that was integrated with this other person. And so when we break up, it is literally our brain having to rewire so Mm -hmm. many neural networks. And, and one of the beautiful, more, more recent um, research, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but I can send it to you. The woman Mm -hmm. who was doing this was explaining it really is when we get into relationship with someone, even if it's, um, you know, whether it be romantic or non-romantic, when they either die or we break up, there is a part of our brain that is us. And then there's a part of our brain that is us with them. So that is literally like neural networks that have been, you know, as we understand the wiring of of the brain and how it works, literally, if you can imagine like these, these neural highways Mm -hmm. that are programmed to operate in, in the us of like, you know, it's not, it's no longer just me, but it's like this part of my brain that has grown, that has integrated this human being to some extent into the way that I think and yeah. act and even reward my, myself, um, you know, ex- getting excited when we see that person. So when we break up, that is literally our brain having to go through the physical rewiring, mm. that physical you know, the dying off of those neural pathways and us having to relearn simple behaviors, simple habits that we had of checking in with them, of getting Mm -hmm. a text from them first thing in the morning of, you know, having that physical contact or, or getting our needs met from them and having to learn to meet all those new, those needs in new ways, learning new habits, new patterns. So it it gives a more physical understanding for why it does feel like physical pain. Thank you for that explanation. And it's essentially like our nervous system literally connects to that person's nervous system, right? So it's once you separate that, it's like your nervous system is just like, whoa, what is this? What am I? Like there was this attachment to Mm -hmm. that other person's nervous system, essentially, right? Yeah. And the less aware we are of 
how to calm and ground our own Mm. nervous system. And the more we rely on that other person to plug into for our own comfort, safety, and support, the more jarring it's going to be to our nervous system when we are sometimes really brutally or like abruptly completely unplugged from that person. Wow. 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 That's powerful. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. And it makes so much sense because there may be in a relationship, a person who is really regulated in their nervous system. That's really centered. That's doing the work. Another person that's not doing the work at all. And it's kind of feeding off of the other person's nervous system and their regulation. And so Mm -hmm. then I can imagine whenever that's cut, the person that's not doing the work is just like off, just off wired completely. Absolutely. And it can almost feel like, you know, a dependence, like a drug, right? If they are not able to meet that need inside of themselves, of calming themselves, of creating safety, then when they have that taken away from them, that can be like taking, you know, cocaine or heroin away from an addict and like going into some sort of withdrawal experience. Mm-hmm. That's intense. <laughs> it is. And I think that's where there is so little public acknowledgement of how hard it is on the body to go through a breakup. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to bring more awareness to. Yeah. You know, when I experienced one of my deepest heartbreaks, I used to be married and mm-hmm. when I was going through my divorce and I found like the deepest pain inside of me. I I have never experienced something like that. And I just remember at the time I wasn't aware of my nervous system. I wasn't aware of any of these things. So I was really just like, God, this hurts. And I remember literally going in the shower and throwing up, like I was throwing up and like releasing. And I didn't know why, but it was physical pain, which just goes to show how much our bodies really hold our emotions that they literally have to release them, whether it's through that throw up the the puking or mm-hmm. acne or pain or illness that comes up and it's just the importance of knowing how to regulate yourself is is key yeah and and for me the really sad part is that very few people know how to weather those those emotions yeah. and and they're so afraid yeah. of feeling those feelings that they repress or numb or distract etc you know use different coping mechanisms and that really you know in the long term can can prevent them from living overall because as we know if you turn off the bad emotions you also turn off the good there's no ability to just say oh well let me not feel these bad feelings and and still magnify these amazing feelings no Mm -hmm. like it's the faucet that all come out of so if we don't let ourselves go through those painful emotions and if we're too scared they're not only gonna you know block off that faucet of good Mm -hmm. as well but the energy that it takes to repress such big emotions is exhausting. And so a lot of people are walking around like zombies and have no idea why they feel so tired all the time. And it's like, oh my love, if you would just let this go, if you would, you would, and that's where our job as coaches is so crucial to the evolution and the, and the, you know, happy, not happiness, but Mm. ability for people to, to become more resilient and and really come back to our humanity is in understanding and and learning not to fear our emotions. Yeah. And to be able to go into the depth of those really dark, uncomfortable emotions Mm -hmm. and 
just like you said, by doing that, you open the faucet to be able to feel even more of the good ones. It's like, it's, it's limitless. Yes. The difficult, painful emotions are so, so, so strong and, and dark, but the happy ones are light and airy and they feel, you can feel all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't have the yang without, without the yang. Yep. (laughs) That's life, right? The, the, you've got to choose it all or nothing at all. And, and so the beautiful thing is that you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My heart feels like, ah, (laughs) every time I talk to you, I'm like, I get goosebumps through my whole body. It's just, I feel so tapped in whether we're in person, whether we're on zoom, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. Oh, same here, my love. I have a few little questions. I have a few, a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we'll we'll see which one you want to dive into. But we were kind of talking at the beginning about soulmates, right? Mm-hmm. And what a soulmate is. So can we speak on breaking up with someone that you thought was your soulmate? And maybe mm-hmm. they were your soulmate, right? But that, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I thought they were my person forever. So mm-hmm. now I'm never going to find someone or that that feeling. Yeah. So the scary yet sometimes comforting truth is that no relationship is forever, right? Even if we are in a marriage for 50, 60, 70 years, there is a time that ends. And I think that the, the beautiful thing about soulmates is that we are drawn to them because it is some soul lesson that we have to learn, right? Some Something in them opens up something in us that allows us to expand and grow more, um, more into our own personal expression and our own truth. And so that to me is, is what a soulmate is and acknowledging that, that, that doesn't last forever in the sense of maybe that lesson has completed and it's time for you to move on. And, and so that I think can be a really challenging thing to discern for people is like, but they, they, we were, we went through such, you know, incredible times together or such challenging times together. We've weathered so much. We've lived through so much. We've had a child together, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that may be, you know, or we've been married and I thought this was forever, um, coming to terms with the fact that yes, maybe they were your soulmate at that part in life. Mm -hmm. And maybe that lesson has, you know, hit its expiration date as Christine likes to say, and, and that now you, you get to move on to your next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The lesson has been learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that comes down to the topic of attachment and knowing when it's time to let go of attachment, knowing when the lesson has been learned. But then I also find something super interesting that you said that you can be with someone for 50 years and like there can be many kind of breakups throughout the whole 50 years. It can be our soul is always evolving. Mm -hmm. So as the soul is evolving, things will change parts of our soul kind of die away so that new parts can emerge parts of your partner's soul die mm-hmm. away so that they can emerge mm-hmm. and it's either a choice right to continue to emerge together to continue to evolve our souls together or to say okay this is 
this is where our soul contract ends. And I think that's one of the best things you can ask to determine is, are we, are we still both willing to do the work to grow together? Right. Because, you know, there are relationships that at first when they meet, they're on the same page. And then this happens a lot with people who, you know, one person is very growth mindset. Another person, you know, maybe has excelled a lot in their career for some reason they meet and they're at the same level, but then this person keeps, you know, the growth mindset person keeps Mm -hmm. evolving and eventually they start to grow apart. And so, you know, re reassessing, but even at the first kind of connection and decision to consciously enter relationship is like, do we have the same values? Mm -hmm. And one of those values I know for me and probably for you too, that is really high on my list is continual growth. Yeah. 100%. And so going into a relationship, knowing like, oh, this is a a non-negotiable for me. And if we don't match on this, Mm. there will probably be be a a time where we grow apart. But but when you are starting to question, like, is this person who I thought was my soulmate really still in alignment with me? I think that's a a really great question to ask is like, Mm. do our values still align? Are they still compatible? Yeah. Checking in with alignment always. Are we aligned? Mm. Every Align. day, every week, every month. Are we aligned? <laughs> are we aligned? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and like you said, people don't magically evolve at the same time on the same timeline. You know, there are there are going to be bumps and and conflicts and struggles along the way. But the the underlying theme is like, are we both still in this? Do we, Mm -hmm. are we both still willing to do our own work and then come together um, to, to grow and to swallow that, not swallow, but, you know, have the courage to look at our own egos and the roles that they're playing and, and do the work to keep leaning Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. You know, something I see is that people wait until shit hits the fan, right? To be to say, are we aligned? Like, what's out of alignment? Are we still choosing each other? But if that's something that's on the daily, like daily checking in with each other, weekly checking in with, are we, where are we out of alignment? Then it, you don't have to wait for shit to hit the fan, right? To it will become evident much more quickly, right? Yeah. But that's also a really challenging thing to do. For example, my my ex-husband, um, we met when I was studying abroad in Ecuador and we had a, so much love for each other. Mm-hmm. But very early on, there was kind of this subconscious knowing for me that that my life wasn't supposed to be carried out there. Mm. Yeah, a total conscious repression and denying of that. And so it's scary when you have very deep feelings for someone to acknowledge being out of alignment and to yeah. not only acknowledge, but to be willing and courageous enough to speak it and to make decisions on it mm. when your heart is still feeling like there's still a lot of care there. Yeah. So how do you find the courage in those moments where you already have an intuitive feeling of this is not where I'm supposed to be, but I love this person so much? Yeah. For me, it came down to having to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. So I I can't give experience from like, oh yeah, I knew how to just bypass. Yeah. Step like, one, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> I literally pushed it to the extreme to where my body was, you know, somatically manifesting like migraines. I had an appendectomy. Like it was just, I was so stubborn with 
this has to work because mm. this what is the right thing to do. And this is, you know, what society says, this is the the best way to be a parent, et cetera. All of those, mm-hmm. those programmings that it literally took me having to question like, do I want to be here in five years? Because my body was like shouting at me. And so, you know, I think that, you know, just grounding in the understanding that if there truly is a misalignment there, the longer you wait to act on it, the harder and more painful that lesson is going to be mm-hmm. has taught me to ask those questions on a first date. Right. Mm. And that is the most beautiful opportunity is that when, once you have learned it the hard way, yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm going to bypass all that shit. And I'm going to just like, <laughs> yeah. ask them, Hey, you know, where do you see yourself <laughs> living in life? <laughs> Are you going to be living in Ecuador? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, and getting super. <laughs> and a lot of people can think that that's too, um, forward to ask on a first date. But like, for me, that is the most loving and honoring thing you Mm. can do for another person who is looking to find their, their parent. Not that it has to be on the first date, because sometimes it's like you're, you're, you know, meeting in a group or you're just kind of trying to get a vibe check, but Mm -hmm. but being very open about, first of all, doing this, the internal exploration to know what do I want and Mm -hmm. what do I need for, you know, and, and then speaking that speaking your truth from right. the get So there's no misunderstandings or a deep sense of like, well, I really like them and I really want it to work. So I, mm. I don't care if we have kids. And then 10 years down the road, you did want kids. And so now you, you know, it ends up in an explosion yeah. or a divorce or et cetera. Wow. And, you know, I think this is so hard for people because kind of on the topic of a first date, a lot of people go into it with like, I hope that they choose me. Like, oh gosh, I hope they mm-hmm. like me. Right. Mm-hmm. That topic right there. Instead of being like, okay, let's go like an interview. Let me interview this person. Let me see <laughs> if they're really for me. Like, is this really someone that's aligned with me? And asking all those questions rather than like, I hope that I, I impress them and I hope that they like me. Because then years down the line, you're going to find out actually we weren't even aligned at all. I just wanted this person to like me because I want to be loved. Yeah. And that's such a powerful energetic shift that you can bring for yourself, but that requires the development of that self-worth and that feeling of being enough, Mm -hmm. right? Because if we have this void that we're blindly trying to fill of like, I need to find love and attention because I don't know how to give it to myself, Mm -hmm. then we're going to go into every first date with this like performance of like, oh, wow, look at how glamorous, look how amazing I am. Look at all these things. Right. And that, Mm -hmm. that's not coming from a place of like, you know, narcissistic. It's like, I feel like I need attention and love in order to survive. Mm -hmm. So I have to put so much energy into just trying to fit what I think that person will want to see. And and ultimately like, oh my goodness, what a disservice you're doing to yourself because- you're not allowing number one, yourself to truly be seen. And number two, to really give that relationship a fighting chance because you're jumping to the assumption of what that other person even would find attractive or would want. Oof, disservice to yourself and to them. It's just, it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't, it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't. But hard truth to to embody when there is a lack of self-love and when there's not a knowing of how to provide that for Mm. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. Mm. Key right Mm. there. Yeah. 
I want to ask you about getting into a relationship right after a breakup. And maybe there's like two different parts to this. Maybe getting into a relationship after a peaceful breakup versus mm -hmm. getting right into a relationship after a really toxic breakup. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. right away, like not not much time between. You're just jumping right into the other one. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't give like a certain time mm -hmm. limit. I know that everyone has their own processing journey, but I do know that healing does take time. Literally, like we referenced before the, the, the rewiring of neural pathways that it's just like, if you got a wound, right, you have to give that wound time to mm. scar, to heal. And for that scar tissue to mend together, same with our brain. So even if it ended in a very amicable, conscious, loving, compassionate way, there is still a grieving process that needs to take place mm -hmm. to number one, give yourself time to heal. Number two, to just honor that relationship. And, and I say like squeeze the juice out of, as far as like, just what can you learn from that experience about yourself, mm -hmm. about, you know, what, what you saw in that other person, why it didn't work out, you know, because I think, I think that question is so important to be able to answer before you go into a new relationship is like, mm -hmm. what was it that led to this breakup? And, you know, what is the part that I own and can integrate into my uh, personal growth journey and, and work on, um, and obviously if it's a toxic relationship, girl, wait, honey, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm speaking to myself, not to you like that. That was no, a lesson yes, I yes. had to learn because of course it's, it's immediately, you know, short-term comforting to jump into someone else's arms who right. is like, you know, in awe of you because you're putting on this beautiful performance because you yeah. want love. And so you're just like coming off as super perfect. Um, but again, an even greater disservice you're doing to yourself because like, you're not allowing yourself time to heal. You're not allowing yourself time to gain that wisdom of what did go wrong. And so those patterns are going to keep repeating themselves and they're going to keep mm. getting more and more painful because each time we have to expend more energy to repress that pain. We have to distract, we have to numb and take it up a notch, mm. you know? to be mm. able to mask that same level of, or to be able to operate on the same level. Yeah. 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 What would you say to someone who, for example, gets out of a relationship that's toxic, enters another one, and now they're too far in, but it's like they never did the healing process? Mm. That's a really good question because I have heard that happen before where it's like they ended up finding an incredible partner, but they're still part of them. Mm -hmm. That is in that, you know, pain of yeah. the past relationship and, you know, life isn't perfect and timing doesn't always go as planned, but I would say that, you know, preventatively, if you can, if you can move through your own grief and process before, that's my first recommendation. Mm -hmm. If, if you're in a new relationship and you're, because for some people, they think they've done all the processing and then it will come up again or another yeah. layer will come up of that, of that, especially if there was a level of, you know, abuse or toxic nature to a past relationship. Like that's just healing mm -hmm. is not linear and grieving mm -hmm. is not linear. So that may come up within a new relationship container. And, 
um, my suggestion there is to be open and honest. Like you don't have to give the, the very graphic details of what's Mm -hmm. going on, but just let them know like, Hey, something's coming up for me and it, it is something I'm moving through. And, and that honesty is so important because if you don't communicate that with your partner, they could interpret that in a million different ways, mm-hmm. but it's going to create a wall and distance between you two, right? And mm-hmm. that that process of healing can also be one where you grow together if they're able to hold that. Um, and if they're not, it's also the respectful thing to do to let them know, hey, there's still a part of me that's grieving this. And if they are really uncomfortable with that, then, then you being upfront and open with that is, is information that they deserve to know. Mm-hmm. That was so beautiful. Wow. Yeah, because I think people may be scared to express to their partners like certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Because they feel their partner may not be able to hold it. But honoring the dignity of their partner's process in that, if you express that to to your partner, Mm -hmm. that even if they can't hold it, that's their own growth as well. You're giving them an opportunity to grow. Yeah, shame is such a such a scary thing and that it grows in silence, mm-hmm. right? And it grows in the environment of feeling like if someone finds it out, they will, you know, I will be unlovable or I'm not, you know, worthy of, mm-hmm. of that relationship anymore. So shame can't live in the light. And when you share those experiences, um, that's, that's what a conscious relationship is, is, mm-hmm. is the, courage to bring forward these things, the, especially the, the shameful things mm-hmm. as they come up that, that we carry shame about bring air it out, you know, bring light to it. And, and that being an opportunity for growth and healing and, oh my goodness, you know, if you've ever experienced being able to speak something that for so long you carried shame around, um, it is one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. gifts that we can give another human being. And one of the most uplifting sensations within our body of just like, oh, they saw this part of me that I thought was unlovable and they loved it. Mm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we make it so much bigger in our heads than it really is. Once you express it, it ends up not even being what you thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that cheating can be a big one of those. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about this next. So I'm so glad you brought it up. You must (laughs) have felt it. Yeah, you just wiggled it it in there. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, how could that, you know, how could it not bring shame? Because there's a, a, there can be shame from a lack of integrity of what are they going to discount me from the get-go as being a potential partner or you know if it happened within relationship am I going to lose them right are they going to reject me or you know not want to be with me anymore so I think that is one of the areas that is the most repressed and the most Mm -hmm. shame-filled and gives the most area for that darkness to grow because it can be such a scary thing to talk about. Yeah. Well, I think even just the saying the once a cheater, always a cheater, Mm. there's so much shame in that. And and that, that gives a person an identity that may not even be them, especially if they've done the growth. So the growth, the work to, to not be a cheater forever. Mm -hmm. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. I, I love that you asked that because I think it needs to be talked about more. Mm. And I think that, you know, it's judged harshly by society to curb that behavior, right? In, in a very like disciplinarian, authoritative approach. But when you look at the underlying cause for cheating, you know, I don't know anyone, including like I've been both on mm-hmm. both ends of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anyone who did it out of a genuine I'm sure there are, you know, psychopathic people out there, but that's the minority uh, of people who really truly are like, oh, I just don't give a F about them. And I'm going to, I'm going to screw around it. It it comes from a place of trauma, a place Mm -hmm. of great pain, a place of, of, you know, a deep, not enoughness or a numbing or a, or a distracting nature. So it's number one, not come, it's coming from a place of deep trauma Mm -hmm. and number two people can grow, people can change. Right. And, and we are testaments to that as life coaches and, and see that happen on a daily basis and know that to be true, but it takes going into that shadow. It Mm -hmm. takes healing that it takes doing the work and it takes rebuilding and regaining trust. So it's not an easy path to walk. Um, and there's some people who will be cheaters for their whole lives. And there are also people who learn from their behaviors, they see the impact that it has and they do the work to change. Right. Right. Yeah. If if nothing changes, nothing changes. Like if you don't do the work to change, then you may be a cheater forever. Right. If the, if nothing has changed, gosh, cheating is such a topic. It's such a topic. It's such a painful topic. Yeah. And, and I have also, you know, pondered like, can, people really get through being cheated on? Can mm. can a relationship survive mm. after cheating? And they're really interesting because I've I've done research on that. And there are a lot of um, you know, experts that will say, yes, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And it again takes an enormous amount of showing up, of accountability, of leaning in and being, you know, honesty, transparency, mm. rebuilding and regaining trust is a very arduous process. Trust is something that is gained. And I love Brene Brown gives the um, example of like a jar of marbles. Mm -hmm. And every time we do something that gains someone's trust, like our words match our actions, or we, you know, embody the the values that we say we stand for, we put Mm -hmm. one little marble in there. But when we do something like speak about someone else in front of someone or, you know, reveal information that wasn't ours to give or don't follow through on our word, we take a whole handful of marbles Mm. out. So it takes so much longer to rebuild and regain trust than it does to lose it. And that's where, you know, a couple can get through that. And there are couples that do and that grow stronger for it. But there has to be uh, an enormous amount of self-awareness and honesty on the persons and who did the cheating mm-hmm. so that they can really truly identify the underlying cause of why did this happen? Yeah. That without them really knowing and having awareness of that piece, it, it, in my mind, it can't, it can't work. Yeah. I agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. I feel like if a, when a person cheats, they, the relationship just shatters completely and it's, or it can shatter completely. And if that person is not putting in the work and really diving deep into why did I even get here? Like, how did I get to this point? Because nobody wants to hurt anybody truly. Like 
at the deepest part of our core, we're all love, truly. Like, I, I really believe that nobody's here to hurt someone else. So to get to the point of the action of cheating, whether it's through text, whether it's physically meeting up with someone, and that can be very calculated. It's a very calculated thing, but it's like something takes over the person. Mm -hmm. And that part of what is it that's taking over this person is the the part where all the work comes in. All mm -hmm. that childhood trauma is, is taking over. And it takes time to look at what that is that's taking over a person because it's so deep. It's, it's the, the calculation of how that can all take place to the point that a person will sleep with someone else and then it happens again and it happens again. And it just goes to show how we are really able to lose control of ourselves if we don't have complete awareness of what's going on. Absolutely. And how much of our behavior is driven from unconscious mm -hmm. motives, yeah. right? And so, like you said, the act of really becoming aware of what those underlying motives were and how you got to that point can be a really challenging or, you know, arduous task to, yeah. to uncover because so much of our behavior, as you know, is formed from programming that we get from childhood mm -hmm. and like, you know, it's, it's not safe for me to voice my needs. I will get punished if I show my emotions, I, et cetera. So, you know, you can have this programming that you received when you're five years old and you don't remember why mm -hmm. you were programmed that way, but you are as an adult acting from that place, not feeling safe, voicing your needs, not feeling safe, feeling your emotions or expressing yourself. And those can be contributing factors to why someone would lead, you mm -hmm. know, would go down that path. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a deep topic. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's never ending as far as like, there's always growth that we can, you know, th there's always more to heal. And yet we are all whole and complete as we are. Mm -hmm. And so I think there also has to be that acknowledgement of, I believe that we can get through this. And yeah. I believe that you inside or a good person, mm -hmm. or it's just going to continue to create more pain in the relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, can we talk about someone who's been cheated on and now every relationship they get in there, they have that feeling that they're going to get cheated on. It can even turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, and that's so scary, but, but yeah, I think that once, once that has happened to you, and if it's happened to you, you will never forget it because it's one of the most painful things you can experience. Of course, you are going to be more hesitant to get in deep to a relationship, you know, or it would make sense that you are less willing to just open up your heart to someone again, because that hurt a lot and your body yeah. wants to protect you from pain, right? So I think that that work there is really, you know, number one, doing, doing the, the processing to really work through the emotions that, that came up in that experience and owning that just because this one person cheated and you had that experience doesn't mean that 
another potential partner deserves to suffer the consequences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and easier said than done, right? Like once, once you've been cheated on it, it can just naturally make you more hypervigilant. I remember after I'd got on, gotten out of a relationship where I'd been cheated on the next person that I was dating when he put his phone upside down that triggered me because I was like, oh, he's hiding something. Yeah. He had no idea what I was talking about. And yet for me, that took me completely out of the moment and really, really got me back into my head. So the other thing is, is communicating that with your, with your current partner and mm-hmm. just owning that. And also saying, just so you know, yeah, these certain things are triggering to me because they also get to show up for you in a way that is healing to your nervous system. Not that it's their responsibility to cater mm-hmm. to every little, you know, micro ask that you have of them. Mm-hmm. But if, if they are um, able to, it's beautiful yeah. when they can be sensitive to those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that actually leads me to ask something that has to do with the, the whole insecurity, right? With not expecting your partner to change certain things that like they do like like for example putting the phone upside down the partner has no idea that they're doing that for a particular reason they're just doing it but in your head it's like cheating on me they're doing this they're doing that right but then on a bigger level even like little every little thing that that person does you start to question Mm -hmm. so then yes that person is aware that you have insecurities but that it's not that person's job to feed the insecurities and that there's a point where it's like, okay, girl, you got to do the work. Like bingo, bingo. It is our responsibility (laughs) Mm -hmm. to create safety within our own nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it, it is our opportunity to provide that extra support for ourselves when those triggering things happen. And if we expect our partner to, you know, cater to us and to, you know, give us all of this constant feedback that they are desiring us and present and willing to give mm. us attention that can be so exhausting for yeah. for the other person and can ultimately lead to a breakup right? right because you know their job isn't to make you feel safe that's mm-hmm. your job mm-hmm. and maybe they'll make you feel safe for for a while maybe the first few months the first year and then there's going to be a point where it's like all right come on i can't do this anymore this is exhausting yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and what a beautiful opportunity to be able to develop those skills because mm-hmm. we will we are the only person that will be with, with us for our entire mm-hmm. life. So to be able to develop those abilities within ourselves, to calm ourselves, to comfort ourselves, to love ourselves and forgive ourselves, all of those things are are things that no one can take us away from take away from us once we've developed them so in the long run it is is also the the more self-honoring path to take yeah I love it okay I want to ask you maybe one or two more questions and then I'll have you just tell us anything else that you want to tell us Mm, let me see gosh so many good ones right here (laughs) Ooh. Oof. Can we talk about how we unconsciously choose partners that mirror things that we experienced in our childhood, the way we were raised, for example, our parents, their marriage? 
this one is like mind boggling to me <laughs> how, how universal it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like it should be taught in school. It's yeah. such a basic understanding of human psychology is mm-hmm. like our first example of the opposite sex is our parent of mm-hmm. the opposite sex. 90, mm-hmm. you know, whatever percent of the time, granted, we don't always have right. both parents, but that main caretaker of the opposite sex is who we are going to have our first impression of, of that energy where, whether mm-hmm. it be masculine or feminine, um, how they either listened to us or didn't listen to us, how much attention they gave us or didn't mm-hmm. give us, how patient they were with us. And those voices are internalized into our subconscious and become the way we speak to ourselves. So if your dad didn't have time for you as a kid, you know, you are going to naturally gravitate towards men who are unavailable emotionally or, you know, time-wise. And totally. That was that was a lesson I had to learn the hard way, and 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 that's the other piece is that it will keep showing up. <laughs> you will keep drawing that in, and and the interesting thing is some people will go the polar opposite, right? Mm-hmm, so they'll, mm-hmm. they'll become aware of like, oh, I do not want to attract someone like my dad, right? And then the polar opposite into an also you know the pendulum swing into the other extreme, which can lead to unhealthy yeah. dynamics as well. But um, that's why I think it's so important and crucial for everyone to work with their inner child, to develop Mm -hmm. a relationship with that part of them, um, part of themselves that first experienced relationships with their mother and father and and what beliefs did they develop about themselves and, and how they should be treated because those are things that if we're more aware of going into relationships, we can do the work, we can process, we can heal those wounds. But if we are not, they are going to keep showing up and mm-hmm. getting bigger and more painful and more magnified until we finally are like enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. I always find this one so interesting, especially with my clients, because they'll they'll tell me about someone they're in a relationship with. And it's like, okay, well, what was your father like? What was your mother like? Okay. Mm-hmm. You just chose the complete opposite or, okay. You just chose exactly that same thing. And they're like, wow, you're right. Yes. That's so true. That makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Was your dad emotionally available for you? No. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you've been saying your, you know, partner or ex-partner was for you. So it, it truly does keep showing up and, and it's, you hate to sound like a broken record, <laughs> like ask the same questions each time, but 90% of the time it does come back to mm-hmm. you know, their relationship with, with their parents or with important figures, adult yeah. figures. Yeah. With the inner child also just the main years of development, whenever everything was programmed in you, all the little tiny things that you do, all the idiosyncrasies, the way that you show up, it's like all deeply coded within you. And it's, it's a beautiful and fun experiment that life is to be able to see what we attract into our lives and to use that as an opportunity to see why, why did I attract that? Interesting. And the key there is just curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Curiosity and and coming at it from love, not yeah. judgment, because mm-hmm. there's that that layer of our mind, that conscious, almost like critic. And if we can get past that 
and start to observe those unconscious behaviors and programming and just be curious about it. Mm -hmm. We can learn so much about ourselves, but we can't learn. We can't heal when there's judgment and shame involved. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So juicy. It is. It is. (laughs) And breakups are truly like, you know, you can find the cosmos in a microcosmo. And like, Mm -hmm. this is one area I had a hard time going from like a general life coach to Mm -hmm. saying like, well, is this too niche? Is this too small? Mm -hmm. But for me, it's such a beautiful entry point to personal growth. Yeah. Because this is a point where, you know, you're going through a painful experience and so much awaits you and there's so much learning and there's so much beauty and potential and uh, wisdom to be harnessed from that experience that it's just like, oh my goodness, such a fertile ground. For- it's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. so happy you're doing this. Truly. Oh. I feel like, like I said at the beginning, relationships are everything. They rule our life, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship relationship, it's relationship to self. It's relationship is just everything. Breaking up with the self, breaking yeah. up shows up in every form, breaking up with a job, breaking up with family members. It's a breakup is the, the it's everything. Breakup it relationship. It is. It's life. It is. There will be breakups, romantic and non-romantic in life. Mm-hmm. And so learning the tools to navigate that is something yeah. that is just hugely, hugely quality of life improving. Yeah. So on that topic, I know you have something really cool to share with us. <laughs> so give us, give us the tools and I would love for you to tell everybody what you have to offer. Yeah. Thank you. It's, um, it's been really exciting to, after graduating, just put a lot of mm. conscious thought into this creation. Um, and what I am creating is a course called breakup to breakthrough. Mm. And it is a three or six month course. So there's the option to do a a more kind of Mm one-on-one beginner level, and then to do more of a deep dive, depending on, on what people, how deep they want to go. But it it takes the first portion of it is just like an emergency toolkit, the one-on-one, because when I went through some of my most painful breakups, I just wished so badly there could have been someone to give me some tools to Mm. work through that and to be like, you're not alone. And so that's the first thing that, you know, equipping people with here's how to get through these really painful emotions and get to a point where you can start operating again, start going to work, start, you know, being a human being, taking showers, like things that you took for granted before, (laughs) but have a hard time doing. Um, And then from there, it really goes into the, the, look into what worked and didn't work in the relationship, mm-hmm. the underco- the undercovering of those needs that you were outsourcing mm-hmm. and meeting through that other person, learning how to meet them within yourself. Yeah. And then looking in the future and saying, okay, what do I want? And creating the infrastructure to be able to start to create something beautiful and alchemize mm-hmm. that pain into art or a new business or creativity in whatever form that may take. Mm. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and I've walked myself through sign it. Sign me up. I'm not going through a breakup, but sign me up. <laughs> well, and and it's that that's a good point. It's like you don't technically have to be mm. going through a breakup. Like it could be any painful experience, but right. I think in this in this situation, it's 
it's a powerful um, just arsenal of tools to be able to really catalyze and speed up the healing yeah. process. So you don't have to do it alone and you have this basic guidelines and structure to support you in that process. Mm, I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you want to share about it? Anything that you think yeah, people well, want to know? Absolutely. I am happy to offer a, a special discount for your listeners. Yeah. Um, anyone who that may resonate with, maybe you're going through a painful breakup. Maybe you, you already went through it, or maybe you are considering it as well. Um, if that resonates with you, or if you just like to see more of my content, Mm -hmm. um, I'm on Instagram as coach at coach Claire Olson. Mm -hmm. And, um, the discount code is alignment 15 for 15% off of my breakup to breakthrough course. Love it. And where can they find the actual like link to the course? Although I'll put it in my description as well, but if they want to just go search for it, do you have Yeah. So right now, what I do is a, an initial discovery call mm, and the link okay. to my discovery call is in my bio, in my Instagram, or if they want to reach out to me, I can also give my email mm. um, is clairolsoncoaching at gmail.com. Perfect. So if they want to secure the discount, they should just say, I heard you on the path to alignment podcast and. Yes. Yeah. And, and just um, let me know that they heard this podcast and it would be within the next two weeks. Okay, perfect. What What's the date of the course? I don't know if you just said that already. So I'm running it one-on-one right now. Okay. Okay. And this is the other really neat opportunity is eventually I'll be developing it into a hybrid group course where Mm, there's some online content and some, you know, in, in person group meetings, but right now to really, um, fine tune and make sure that I'm providing a really complete experience. I'm doing this Mm. one-on-one. So it's an opportunity that won't be available for long. I'm looking to get probably five to six clients to do Mm. the one-on-one experience, and then we'll move it to a group coaching model. Perfect. I love that. Okay. So you've heard it here first. (laughs) You've heard it here first on the path to alignment podcast. I love it. I love it. Claire, this was amazing. This was Uh. amazing. Is there Thanks. anything else that wants to come through you before we complete? Oh, let me channel. Let me channel. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I just, my heart sends the message of there's hope. You are not alone. You will get through this and pain does not last forever. Mm. And I think that those are the words that my soul really needed to hear in times of deep pain. So I just you know, repeat those over to yourself. I'm not alone. I will get through this. Nothing Mm -hmm. lasts forever. And there's hope. Yeah. I'm not alone. I will get through this. Nothing lasts forever. There's hope. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Oh, Claire, thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so much. Been quite a pleasure to see you and share this information with your with your mm, audience. Likewise. So much mm. love to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Path to Alignment with Hungry Yogi. If you would like to find Claire on Instagram, feel free to reach out to her. Her name on Instagram is at Coach Claire Olson, and I will be putting that in the description of the podcast. If you'd like to find me on Instagram, it's at HungryYogi underscore. I really appreciate your support, and if Path to Alignment with Hungry Yogi resonates with you, if it has helped you in any way, 
please, please spread the word along. Share it with anybody that you feel would also resonate. Have an amazing rest of your week and I will tune in with you next Wednesday on Path to Alignment with Hungry Yogi. Stay aligned. Thank you.